so my, my uh, section to speak on is how can I make the most of the rest of my life? And I don't know about you. I don't know if you were the kind of person who, when you were young, that you knew what you were going to do. How many people here knew what they were going to do when they were young? Young. You, yeah, if you can't remember when you were young, then that's just, yeah, let it go. <laughs> but for those of us... <laughs> okay, so there are a few of us who can remember. I actually knew what I was going to do from very, very young. And my mum said that too. Um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I found it really weird to be around people that didn't know what they wanted to do. I'd be at school and say, what, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, I don't know. So I find that really strange. How can you not know? And they've got job after job. Do you know what you... No, I'm not sure yet. And I think, how can you not know? But I know that we're all different. So this is about how can I make the most of the rest of my life. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. There is so much in that, those verses that there is no way we can get what we need to get through all of that. We're just not going to do it. But I would encourage you to go and read it because those verses are incredibly powerful. Some of the key things that he talks about really challenge us in that we don't just come and have a good time here and then go away. It talks about us being transformed. Um, my brother had transformer cars. I know I can say it now because they've come back, so it's in. But when I used to... S- but when I used to see it, people would just look at me like, what's a transformer? But now I'm cool again because they're in again. So, uh, so he used to have transformers and he used to change them, but they could always change back. And I used to try and find ways to make them change so they couldn't go back because he used to cut the fingers off my doll. So I used to try and find what could I do to his transformer. But actually he could always change them back. You know what? God doesn't want us to go back. He doesn't want us to as Loretta says, um, I can go out in evangelism with this team and, yes, I'm really bold and well, and I'm on the train and, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, some, yeah, Christ, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah. That isn't what transformation is. Transformation is God has done something in me and I cannot go back. When I got saved, I was going to church. I had lots of experiences with God. One was when I was three. I went into church by myself and had all sorts of experiences with God. But anyway, when I got saved, saved, um, I, went, I got saved at church and I went to school and I walked into my class and I was the first year at second, so I was 12 years old and I walked into my class and I said to the whole class okay everybody you're all going to hell and you need to get on your knees and give your lives to Jesus because this is it and I had no friends I had no friends then for the rest of And do you know, my experience of God was so real that I thought they would all get on their knees and repent. And I was just so shocked that they didn't do that. And they just started shouting out, sit down, Angela, something so stupid. And I couldn't believe it. I was genuinely shocked that they didn't give their life to Christ. Genuinely. I really was shocked. 
And then one of the girls came up to me and she whispered in my ear, Angela, I'm a Christian as well. And I went, what? What are you whispering for? And why didn't you tell us? And so then she was like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Big mistake, you shouldn't have told me. So I exposed everything. So when I first got saved, it was, I was a little bit, yeah, I used to argue with the RE teacher. You don't know what you're talking about. You haven't read the Bible. This is not a good experience for anybody anyway. Um, but when we're transformed, God transforms us. And hopefully we're not as scary as that. But it's a transformation. And the Bible says that when Christ does something in us, he transforms us. So what I want to say to you today is do not leave today saying, as Pastor Joe said, oh, I didn't have that tingling, or I didn't have the buzz, or my fingers weren't. That isn't what keeps us in the faith. That is not what keeps us. I've heard stories about people's honeymoons. If you've got married, I've, had, I've heard horror stories about people's first night, about their honeymoon. There was one couple who, on their honeymoon, they went on a cruise, on a yacht, not on a cruise, they went on a, a, a barge, and the boat sank, and they had to get the bus home. That was their honeymoon. That's not funny, that's really... That couple have been married for 76 years. So what I'm saying to you, that first experience is not the experience that sustains you. It's your relationship that sustains you. So don't allow my experience. That's not what sustains us. It's our relationship with God. So I want to encourage you to say, Father, this is, whether it's you're in a starting place, whether you had a spring ball to something else, whatever God has done in you today, let it be a spring ball to where God takes you. Because in 76 years' time, you want to be able to say, yeah, me and God are like this. Our love relationship is even greater than it was then. We don't base our relationship on the little experience that we had. Because that's not relationship, is it? Because we know it's not. I remember God saying to me, Angela, I want you to, as we read in that verse, it says, to conform yourself. These, these uh, words, as I said in Romans 12, uh, give your bodies as a living sacrifice. And I remember being in my bedroom once, and God saying to me, Angela, I want you to um, lay prostrate before me. I want you to give yourself to me, as that verse says. So I was like, yeah, this is like what happens in the Bible when they lay on the floor and, you know, things happen. So I got on the floor and I was like, yes, this is it. This is really... And then just as I began to lay there, I just felt the presence of God and I began to weep and weep and weep. It was just incredible. And then God said to me, but I said, lay naked, prostrate before me. I said, yeah, yeah, I read the verse, Lord, and I'm crying and I need to stop and pull myself together and you know the snot and the... And I was just like, this is incredible. I've never experienced... And God said, but I told you to lay naked before me. Yeah, I am, Lord. I am, Lord. Look at me. And he said, no, I told you to... And I realized what he was saying. And you know, I had to take... I know this is not a nice thought. I had to take everything... <laughs> it's not, honestly. I had to take everything off and lay prostrate before the God. Before God. And do you know, when I did that and was laying on the floor naked before God, the, I mean, I thought I was crying before. I, the, it was incredible. There was an overwhelming sense of knowing I'm in the presence of God. That naked before God, he loves me and will love me for eternity. And there is nothing will ever change. I have never moved, gone away from the Lord. I don't know why that was like that for me because I've got lots of Christ- I had lots of friends in the youth group who all fell away from God. None of them were walking with the Lord and we were a big youth group. I'm the only one. I've never backslidden. So like, I've never, in fact, as I said, I got saved at 12. So I didn't do the smoke. Well, my testimony is really boring because I didn't do anything. I got saved at 12. And there was no compromise. It was like, no. So my friend came to me and she said, Angela, me and my boyfriend are going to have sex tonight. It's my first time. I said, I don't think so. 
said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm going to be praying because you, sex before marriage is not okay, so it's not going to happen. And she was like, don't be ridiculous. I said, no, I am. Said, Did you say tonight? Yeah, okay. She came into school the next day. How could you do that to me? We were in the bedroom and I had to say to him, I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed. And she said, I felt really that God was right there. How can God be right there? And people... And I was like, yeah, because this is the presence of God. So for me, it was very, very black and white. There was no messing. People didn't tell me. You can tell me things now. I'm not like that now. Um, I'm nice now. Uh, um, But you know, that's what I'm saying is that that the presence of God is real. It's for eternity. What God does for us when he transforms our lives is for eternity. He says, I want to love you and be in love with you, and I want you to love me and be in love with me more and more and more and more. And your experiencing of my presence of the Holy Spirit, you knowing who the Holy Spirit is, all of those things are wonderful, but my relationship is also in that relationship with God that is consistent and goes along. And of course we have ups and downs. I'm not saying that we don't have ups and downs. But the Lord says, be transformed, be naked before me. It's interesting that he says a living sacrifice. So we don't become Christians and, yeah, I can't wear makeup anymore and I'm a Christian and, uh, yeah, when you become a Christian, you know, you can't do this and, and that's not what he says. He says living sacrifice. So he takes who you are in your personality, in the way that you dress, and he takes all of those things. And if there's anything about you that needs to change, like your ripped jeans or any of those things... Um, if there's anything about you that needs to change does God not work on it doesn't he we need to be safe in that my father loves me so when there's things in me that need to change he says we're going to work on that that's not okay with me but we're going to work on it God doesn't change everything straight away Some some things are instant But some things he says, we're going to work on it. We're getting there. So we need to continue in that relationship with God and not fight with God, but allow God to work on the things in our lives and allow him to do what he's going to do. So three areas I just want to think about quickly. One is that the things that come out of our mouth. So who's got got, uh, backbiting and, yeah, who's got that? Just wave it around. Backbiting and grumbling. We're going to look at a verse in a minute that talks about the things that come out of our mouth. How many of you know that when you're around people who swear a lot or, or tell really nasty, dirty stories, that you don't feel so good? Or that you might choose to say, okay, I'm really, this week, I'm not going to talk about that person. I've really got to make an effort not to get into that. Has anybody done that? And then suddenly you're around people and they start doing it. Oh man, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to. And then you just find yourself doing it. So there are environments that we can allow ourselves to be in. And actually what we find about ourselves is that somehow we feel a bit polluted. And God says to us that that is one of the areas that we need to watch out. That we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. And as I said, we're going to look at a verse in a minute to back to look at that. The second one is about the grumbling and complaining. Who's got that? Is it on the same? Yes. So again, what is it that comes out of our mouth? As I said, we're going to look at a verse in a minute. And the third one is sexual morality. Who's got that? Okay. Mum's laughing because she's like, nowhere near there. Anyway, sexual 
She's holy woman. Holy woman of God, unless there's something I don't know, ma'am. But anyway, so sexual morality. God says, present yourselves as a living sacrifice. That's hard to do, isn't it? If we're letting things come out of our mouth that we've allowed things to go in that aren't good, and if we're living sexual immoral, immoral lives. It's really interesting that culturally, over the years, things have changed. So we went through an era where we did, people didn't talk about death. There was a time when people did not use the word death. They just didn't talk about it. Then we've gone through a time we don't talk about, we don't talk about sex in church. Well, in our church we do because we've got Pastor Joe, but in, it <laughs> doesn't hide from any of that. But actually, God tells us that we need to be sexually moral. It's not a, well, if you can try to. I know it's a hard thing to do, but if you can manage it, it would help a little bit. <laughs> I, couldn't, I can't find verses to back that up. God says to us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Do not conform to this world. Someone said to me that the, in the old days, the, our laws are based on, on God's word. So that means that the church was up here. People would come to the church for advice because the laws of the church were here. The standards of the world were here. Standards of the world drops. What's happened in the church? Standards in our world have dropped. What's happened in the church? So what's, be, what's happened recently is interesting is, is that actually when people look at the church, there isn't much difference. Is that okay? And it's no good looking over your shoulder and saying, you know, he's talking about, she's talking about you. <laughs> she's talking about me. I'm talking about me. That actually God says to me, Angela, if you're living by this verse, then you should be up here. The world is way, in fact, the world is never, ever, ever going to be up there. You're always going to be out of sorts with the world forever. Give your life to Christ, that's it, you're done, as far as the world is concerned. It's never going to match up. I listen to my Muslim, I think, how is it that it's okay to be a Muslim? I teach, and, and one of my students, she just gets up in the class and goes to the corner and starts doing her praying, and yet I hear people who are not allowed to go and pray or have a room in school to, and yet that's okay. And I think, Lord, how, does it, how is it we're so accepting? And yet for Christianity, it's not. We're never going to fit. And when you fit, you need to say, Lord, something's wrong. Lord, I'm I seem to fit. What's wrong? We're never going to fit. God didn't make us to fit. He made us to be different. So sexually and in every other way, through our mouths and everything, we need to be saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to live? When we leave this place today, Lord, have I got these things in line with what you're saying? Am I doing what you say? I worked with, the, with homeless people on the streets for a long, long, long time. And the struggle that they have is that whatever they were blessed with, they were always drawn back to that lifestyle. They would be given new trainers, new outfit. They would be able to have a shower, have their nails cut, all sorts they were blessed with. And two weeks later, he would go back and see them on the street in the new pair of trainers with their nice nails. And you'd have that, go, why are you here? Well, this is where I feel safe. This is where I feel comfortable. Transformation is about saying, Lord, I'm going to be able to let go of that. I need your Holy Spirit to help me to let go of those things so that I really am transformed. 
Romans 12, 12, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. There are things in our life which are not good for us, but we are clinging on to them. Oh, that music isn't so bad. Lord, I'm so spiritual that I can listen to it and then I can pray and cleanse myself. It's okay. Or those films. I started, my friend told me about Empire. Put your hand up. You, I know people don't, don't want to own up now. I'll be honest if you watched Empire. Yeah. I don't watch it anymore. No. Okay. So you don't watch it anymore because it's not on, but yeah. <laughs> Come on, be honest. So people were going on and on and on about watching Empire. And I thought, oh, okay, let me just see this thing. Anyway, so watch the first, beautiful music. Watch the first one. Watch the second one. It was okay. Then came the third one, and I thought, I don't feel good about this. There's something in my spirit that says, just doesn't sit right with me. But the music's really good, and this is really, and he's really nice. And, and, so, and then the fourth one came, and, and God said, Angela, what are you doing? I said, but, you know, I'm really holy, and I can just watch this and then pray. And come on, God, we can, we can weigh this up. And God said, but what are you putting in you? However good those things are presented. And, you know, I stopped watching it. And then I think I watched it, I don't know, I was watching something else, and then it came on. I thought, let me just see. And oh my goodness, talk about go from here right down into the dirt, mud, nastiness. I mean, it's like it couldn't have got any worse. And I thought, how interesting that it started off here, and yet it got worse and worse and worse. And it was like they run out of immoral, nasty things to do. Sorry if you're still watching it. Um, and as Pastor Joe said, God has us at different stages, doesn't he? So for some of us, it's not okay. For me, empire is not okay. I can't watch it. For some of you, it might be by the way you're looking at me, that it is okay. So who's got love? Love. Love and zeal. God says, come to me, Matthew 6. Uh, the Lord's Prayer as well talks about, isn't it? It says... Um, our Father who art in heaven, first of all, we're declaring how much we love God. We don't come to God saying, this is my prayer, Lord, I've got this, 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 and this. Our first point is, God, I love you. That's what the Lord's Prayer says. I come with a zeal before the Lord. Lord, I love you. It says uh, in Romans 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice Mourn with those who mourn, but live in harmony with one another. So we are called to love. We're called to express love, as we heard. We are called to show love. We're called to be lovers, to be people who love God and love others. We are called to love even the people that we don't like. We, I think this, the Alpha Course at church has been great because so many people have come and said, I'm in a group with people. I've been in this church for years. I'm in a group of people I've never even spent time with. It's easy to, to love the people that we get on with. But God's called us to be in a church. Iron sharpens iron. He's called us to hang out with people that are good for us, that challenge us. You never marry somebody who is perfect. <laughs> in, 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 as a Christian or not, never God places you with somebody, even flat sharing. How many of you have flat shared? If you have flat shared, it's exactly the same thing. You will be placed with people that challenge you to sort yourself out. Yeah, they need to change. Yeah, they need to change. God says, they might need to change, but actually you need to change. <laughs> That's God in us. 
And when we don't hear God say that anymore, we need to say something's wrong. God wants me to change. He wants me to be like him. He wants me to be a better person for that person and those people. So when that person really winds me up, or they're always the one who sits next to me, or they're always the one who says hello first, you never seem to smile on a Sunday. Every week they say to me, Lord, duh, duh, duh. and God says, what's coming out of your mouth? Actually, what am I teaching you? Do I love God? Do I love his people? Do I love with a zeal? That's what he says. Uh, who's got rubbish clearing out uh, treasure in heaven? I don't know if I actually wrote that. It's a bit... um, God tells us that we need to have our treasures in heaven. There is a, a, a statement, a quote, which everybody uses, lots of people use. It says, home is where the heart is. Have you heard that expression before? It's a very, very well-known verse, and actually, it's a biblical verse. So people quote it, saying, oh, yeah, home is where the heart is, but it actually comes from the Bible. And the, that verse is an amazing verse, because actually, and I, it's probably one of my favorites, because it really challenges me, because actually, when I work out what I've done in the week, how have I spent my time? And the Lord says, I want you to spend some time with me. Yeah, Lord, but you know, this, there's all these things here, and there's this here, and there's this here, and the Lord, and I'm reminded of that home is where the heart is. Mm, yeah, that's true. I've got no time to pray, but I've got time to do this, and I've even got time to wash up, and I've got time to do my hair. Thank you. Is there, is there a reason why you need to do my hair? <laughs> She mentioned doing my hair. Um, but it's amazing is that when God speaks to us about doing something, we can find lots of reasons not to do it. And that verse is a very powerful verse. Home is where the heart is. Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay, then I want you to go out with the evangelism team on Saturday. I love you, I love you, but you know I've got to do this and I've got home is where the heart is. And that expression he says to us, wherever you, you can chat, you can see yourself. What is it that's most important to you? Because the thing that is most important to you is where you spend your time. That's where you're going to put your time. So if you're praying for five minutes a day, whatever it is, just go, just sit for a minute and say, actually, Lord, is this, is this a priority? Am I willing to? Because this verse is truth. Home is where my heart is. So where actually is my heart? Money and ambition. Does God want us to be ambitious? Absolutely. We can have all the money in the world. The Bible, uh, the Bible doesn't say it. There's a saying that says, uh, that says, where are most dreams? Does anybody know the answer? Graveyard. In the graveyard. God wants us to be ambitious. He wants us to have drive. He wants us to be motivated. We should have a passion and a zeal for God and people that says, Lord, I want the best for myself, for the people around me, for my environment, for my nation, for my neighborhood. I need to prayer walk because these, these people need Jesus, Lord. So I'm going to walk up and down my street when I get off the train. These people are going to pray for their salvation. We want to see God do those things. It's perfectly okay to be ambitious. What's the last thing to get saved? somebody's purse or wallet. We give everything to God and the last thing to get saved is our purse or wallet. Everything belongs to the Lord. So it's okay to have ambition and money, but where do they sit in God's plan and priorities? The Lord's prayer says, God in heaven, you are number one. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today. So actually, all my needs, my money and my, are further down in that prayer. 
It's not saying that we shouldn't want those things and we shouldn't see it. Lord, give me today all the things that I need. But actually what we're saying to the Lord, Lord, my priority is you. And I'm believing you, Father, for everything else. I'm praying into it. I'm going to uni. I'm going to do all the things that will help me to get there. But actually, Lord, you are number one in my life. Do we have that balance? It's, it, I think that being in the world and not on of, of it is fascinating because the world says to us, save your money and then you have money. That's the opposite, isn't it, to God's way. God says, give and you'll be blessed. We need to give to the Lord. We need to let, let the world know, let uh, ourselves know that everything belongs to God. Everything that, the, in James 3, 6, it says, the tongue can corrupt the whole body. So as we present our hands and our mouths and everything before God, let it be a living sacrifice. Don't leave today saying to yourself, uh, well, maybe I'll give this. Maybe I will go to church, maybe I won't. I have a friend who says, um, you know, I go to church every other week because God says that we, it's Sunday is a day of rest. So one week I have rest and one week I go to church. <laughs> She said to me, what do you think about that? And I said, best you not ask me, because you, you know me, so don't ask me. I'm just going to pray and ask God to reveal it to you, because that's the best way. We, we don't, it's not an if or or, is it? We have to come and say, actually, Lord, this is what your verse says. So if this is everything that you want me to do, then give me the Holy Spirit. Give me, fill me to give me the ability to do it. Because, Lord, I want to have a zeal and a passion that goes beyond what I hear today, what I get today. We don't jump from one meeting to the next, from one worship service. I, um, I heard a story of two people coming out of church and the person said, they were coming to the other person, yeah, that worship did nothing for me today. And the other person said, really? I didn't realize we were there for you. I thought we were there for God. <laughs> why, are we, why do you go to church? Do you go to church? Do you get up in the morning and go to church and say, Lord, what do you want me to give today? Imagine saying that. Lord, I'm going to church. What do you want me to give today? Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can give to all the people that I brush shoulders with, whether it's on the train, on the bus, on the way there, when I get in there. Lord, what do you want me to give when I get to church? I had another friend who got robbed uh, and uh, she was fighting with the the guy who was robbing her on the street because she's a bit like that. And anyway, he got... She got, he got her bag anyway, and then she was telling me the story, and she said, but it was all right, because it ha-. I said, what did it have? Did you lose everything? Because she was coming to church. I said, oh, well, that's a pain, because then you've got to try and bring up. She said, no, 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 it's, it was okay. I just had my offering in there. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> oh, that's all right then, because it wasn't much. But she said it like that was okay. <laughs> what is it that we're bringing to God? What is it? We're, because actually, church, we're bringing that to God, aren't we? What are we saying? Yeah, I just get the I just get the brown coins out. <laughs> For weeks, God said to me, "I want you to empty your purse." So the first week He said it, I was like, "Yeah, you caught me off guard." So I had everything in there. So I just, put, you know, you argue. God, well, I, well, come on, God, did you really say? So anyway, so I just put it all in. And the next thing I thought, oh, let me just not take so much because you know, like I'm cleverer than God. So. <laughs> So I get there and God says, I want you to give, empty your purse. And I'm like, oh Lord, really? Do you want me? And they said, and I want you to write an IOU. <laughs> what? How did you know? <laughs> 
And the, God was speaking to me for weeks about that. Angela, what is it you bring before? Because if you really love me, emptying your purse is nothing. And I walked out of the church and there was a pound coin on the floor in front of me. And I picked it up and I said, yeah, Lord, I, I get it, I get it. I know you can provide for me. And I thought, if I tell people, they'd be like, pound coin, come on. But do you know that meant so much? Because God said to me, just like that, I can provide everything you need. I want to challenge us today to be able to say, Lord, I read these verse and I want to own it. I want it to be my life, Lord. I don't want an experience that says, I had an experience. I want to say in 76 years' time, oh, I thought I had it all then, but boy, what I've got now is even more amazing. Isn't it exciting that in 76 years' time, we might be here. I don't know. This, is, <laughs> this, was the, this was the couple on honeymoon. You weren't listening at the beginning. All right, 100 years. Isn't it exciting to think that we would, I thought that youth group, I would be with them. But where are they? I want to be able to say, these people I'm sitting in 76, even if we're having to get a special minibus to pick us up, and that we'll be able to look at each other and say, come on, let's share our experiences of God. What's happened to you? That's who we are. That's what God's designed for us. That is who we are. And today is an amazing day. But it's a day that is part of something great. Praise God. Let's go into our small groups. Okay, so we're going back into our small groups until 5-2. Yeah, no, you don't need it anymore. Okay, so back into your same small groups.